Be the best rugby coach you can be. Welcome to Rugby Coach Weekly Podcast with head coach Dan Cottrell, where you learn hints and tips from the rugby coaching community. Let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the Rugby Coach Weekly Podcast. I'm Dan Cottrell, and I'm just making a brief introduction before we get into the podcast. I'm going to be speaking to Andy Brownhill, who dropped me a line um, a few months ago um, talking about the struggles he was having with rugby and how it has been affecting him. And we were very keen to talk to everybody else about these experiences and he gives us a very brave and honest view of the struggles he's had and I certainly came away from this conversation with a lot of things to ponder for myself and to think about my own situation and I think there's so much value in talking about these things and then thinking about what we might be able to do next. Anyway, I'm sure you will get a lot out of this particular podcast. And again, my deep felt thanks to Andy who wanted to reach out to everybody and share his experiences. So let's crack on with the podcast. Just at the start, the audio is a little bit scratchy, but it gets going eventually. Uh, Hello and welcome to the Rugby Coach Weekly podcast with me, Dan Cottrell. I'm delighted to have back on the podcast Andy Brownhill, who um, we've had we've been chatting about a few things, and he reached out to me on a, I think a very important subject that we all need to think about a lot more. So, first of all, welcome to the podcast again, Andy. Hi Dan. Hi Dan. Thank you for having me back on. Well, I'm, I'm delighted, and uh, uh, in part because the last podcast we did uh, was absolutely fascinating because you took us into places that I think a lot of people didn't didn't weren't considering, perhaps in rugby context. But we're not going to be venturing into that in the questions today. We are looking at an essential part of coaching, but we'll come to that in a moment. Just tell me uh, briefly what you're doing now. Obviously, apart from mostly sitting in your front room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So apart from being in complete uh, complete isolation at the moment, um, so yeah, I'm still. So I, I coach rugby, uh, coach rugby for a living. I'm very fortunate position where I get to do that. Um, and you know, my role kind of spans across working um, at schools, um, leading a rugby program there, um, coaching in an academy with Gloucester, um, and also um, as a pathway coach with Scotland as well. So so looking after their boys that are you know under 16s. Um, and and helping them really so all my sort of rugby coaching is centered around um is centered around developing sort of young young people young aspiring rugby players from sort of the age of say 12 13 up to 18 so that's kind of what I where what what bracket I sit at at the moment and what I do um and yeah as, as I alluded to on the last last podcast that I did that ranges from um as you say, all, everything from you know mentoring these mentoring these young young people um, to coaching them rugby to just a lot sometimes and, and now more often it's getting sometimes just the actual shoulder to like to lean on sometimes and just to talk to about issues and struggles that they might have. Um, so yeah, I, I, I mean the best way to explain it was I was lucky enough to go up to Northampton Saints a couple of months ago and Chris Boyd actually said, um, you know, working in a development pathway, you're you're actually I wouldn't call you rugby coaches. I'd, I'd call you more like granddads 
because uh, <laughs> you know you, you effectively are you know you're not you, you're almost like a you're a granddad figure with everything rolled into one because you're not just doing one job you effectively do many jobs um but like a granddad you only see the kids every now and then so when you do see them it's usually for a really good reason mm. um, but i quite like that analogy of explaining it like that yeah, I, I like that as well. And I think there's probably we could uh, reach that um, analogy and metaphor a bit further. Anyway, when we last spoke on the podcast, we talked about connecting with the players, as you've just talked about there in terms of the granddad role. Uh, in this podcast, we're going to talk about ourselves and uh, as, as coaches and focusing on our mental health. Of course, the yeah. expression mental health comes with certain connotations, myths and misconceptions. So uh let's start by understanding what this means so for me i mean recently with with things that have happened you know in my life and and where i am at with work and personally um you know it's it's been a it's been a rocky sort of 12 to 18 months really for myself um and and like you said there there are certain connotations on mental health and for me i had a pre preconceived idea of of what it was um and and you know i i thought you know it's worst case scenario in regards to you feel you know you have really bad anxiety it's it, it, it's it's really low depression um and and so so for me i've looked into it quite a lot and the, my, my best way of explaining it to anybody um is simply like it it's, it's just what it says on google you know mental health effectively is your psychological well-being and how you are on a day-to-day basis and how you feel um and that that for me is the easiest explanation for it it is just how you feel on a day-to-day basis and how you feel not physically um because you know you, you that that's that's a, a lot easier way to change but i think how you feel inside your mind and just your like personally um that that's what i describe as as what your mental health is and that changes inevitably on a day-to-day moment by moment basis yeah definitely like that can be um that um, you can for me for instance sometimes i can wake up in the morning and then um and and can be super super happy really happy and then anything can happen throughout the day you can have a you know you can be driving to work and something can happen you can end up being late for work um you know you, you your car could break down you can have any sort of small stressful moment that could effectively affect your well-being your mental well-being and affect your day or maybe even a couple of days um and and i don't think people see it like that sometimes i think people assume that it has to be something major or a major events happened in your life to to have a, an impact on your well-being but it can be as it can be as simple as that um it, it can be as small as thing as that because what's small to me might be humongous for for the next person um that's the one thing i've learned on the journey really and obviously there's going to, we're going to talk uh, about some of your personal experiences in this as uh, so i just want to just um think about the term health and illness now if someone is mentally ill and that often used to be something which you say oh you're mentally ill as a sort of derogatory term um, mental health sounds a bit more positive is is there a problem that people will not want to admit to being struggling with their mental health because yeah, of that? That, yeah definitely for me speaking personally and very openly that 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 was the that was the real issue behind why it took me so long to speak about things because i am i i 
massively struggled with insecurities about being judged and because you see you always usually see worst case scenarios of, of people that have um that you know that have um that might suffer from mental illness um and i even think that word mental illness sometimes like you said it, it can sound it can make it sound quite scary even though it is a scary thing but i think it, it can put people off from actually reflecting and looking back at themselves and thinking that actually I've, I might have a few little issues I need to deal with, um, but I generally think that it's because um, people struggle because people don't want to be judged. I didn't want to be judged. Do you think people are going to judge you? Um, you automatically think that people are going to put you into a bracket of, oh, he's he, he's really depressed. He suffers from anxiety. He's like he's got he's very ill and he's very sick. Um, whereas that that's where I think the issue comes is that you 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 build yourself up to have a preconceived idea that people are going to judge you and think differently of you and that's the main struggle of coming out to people I think um because you're you're scared like I think in the bottom of my heart I was always scared about talking about it because I thought people might judge me and can you be sort of a little bit ill or a medium bit ill or really ill is there a is there a gradual um, graduate difference between it I I reckon I, I I think that personally you can have um you can what I found is you try if you don't if you don't talk about it straight away and at the start and and sort of nip something in the bud um and be open that tiny little moment that will that will just have a snowball effect and it will get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until the point where you reach breaking point um and i think there are if you sort of know the signs or you you think to yourself like oh i'm not too happy about this or i'm not fit quite feeling myself you know that 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 might disappear after a couple of days and then what you'll find is it will come back again and it will come back even worse and then you might squash down that feeling again and not talk about it and then it goes away and then you think oh i'm okay now but actually you're really not all you, all you end up doing is just uh like trying to cram everything into a box inside of you and you know you by the end you're sitting on top of it and if you would have dealt with it at the start when you you probably you weren't in such a bad place by the time you do come to deal with it I think that's when it can lead people down the road of being quite badly depressed where they might need to seek like help from the doctors where they might go on antidepressants or um, they might need further you know, professional help um, I, I I believe that that there's a process that um, makes it worse in in other words if you, if you feel a little bit and we're going to uh, hopefully discover what those sort of sensations are so we are more aware of it so if you're feeling a little bit under the weather mentally then you should be seeking some sort of help sooner rather than later because otherwise you think you've cracked it and actually all you've done is as you said you've boxed it up for the next time and it could just get worse and worse and worse yeah i completely agree with that when you could just it's as simple as messaging a friend or you every, most people have a couple of best mates um messaging them or even a family member even sometimes a work colleague a work colleague you might get along with really well just 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 say to them this is what's happened this is how i feel um, yeah. Now, I think that probably uh, people listening to the into this will be saying, so how do I start that conversation? So we're going to talk a little bit later on and how can we help others? So uh, that's going to be part of the process. But you're in you're in this situation and you're beginning to 
feel something which isn't quite right. So what are the the signs? So obviously, when uh, you have um, other illnesses, um, inevitably we're in the uh, coronavirus. So there are symptoms that you can see, and they are they are obvious. But this is in the mind. So yeah. what are the is is it the right word to say symptoms that we're displaying internally? I mean, I I, I mean, I is is that is a is a normal guy that has no sort of medical training. I would I would call it symptoms, and obviously yeah. I, I, there'll be a professional out there probably listening in that would be like, "There's a correct word for it." But yeah. I mean, I would I would call it symptoms, and and for me, the kind of first the the real first one for me was was when sort of lack of communication went for me. So I became a lot quieter um, and a lot more insular, and 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 that changed quite a lot because I'm usually I'm quite a chatty person. So for me, I got a lot quieter. Um, and a lot reserved and I had it had started having the opposite effect where I was less likely to go and talk to people even even about like normal stuff going to see my friends going to the pub or going out to you know go, go and watch a game of rugby with them I you, you I slowly started to withdraw myself from certain situations where I'd be with my friends and family because I worried that oh they might see me and think oh Andy Andy's Andy's a bit different today or he, he seems a bit down actually and when you look back on it that's that's a symptom because you're you know you're you're becoming quieter in yourself um you're you you know you're having the mental thought process to not go into certain situations because you're worried about what might happen and they were probably the two early signs for me that something looking back on it now reflecting on it that they were the early signs that something wasn't right so I'd say to anyone out there, if you do think like that and you are getting quieter um, and you are sort of feeling like you're withdrawing from social situations, I, I, I would definitely certainly look to, 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 to speak to somebody about it. And inevitably, most of the people listening in are in very social situations because they're coaching or working with coaches. And therefore, these are these will be probably quite obvious signs. Now, the other sort of uh, sensation you're probably going to get is that uh, feeling of being anxious. Um, okay. Again, uh, there are some things that are always going to make us anxious. We're going to be anxious about taking exams, uh, being observed as a, as a coach. There are going to be moments when we're maybe in a cup game. These are, these are typical anxious moments. Is that sort of sensation of anxiety something that also begins to manifest itself as you are beginning to struggle yeah definitely and that starts like for me I, I I coach rugby every every single day you know five six times sometimes even seven times a week and those that stuff that might happen personally or you might just be really bogged down in a lot of work and under a lot of pressure you will I got I began to get anxious about delivering rugby sessions um, and interacting with my players um, because I you know we deal with I, d I deal with young athletes on a daily basis and you um you want them to have the best experience and give them the best time and but you don't want to come across like you're struggling or you're in a bad place and so you end up you you end up becoming very anxious about the interactions with the players like one-to-one -one meetings or delivering analysis in team meetings um, and then you're on field coaching I used to get very very anxious about going out to deliver a session because I felt like I wasn't myself inside and I was having to hide and mask certain aspects of of how I was feeling um and that led to to you know when I look back on it now 
um, and I'll speak openly about it is, you know, sometimes driving to sessions, I'd sometimes, um, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd be driving to a session and I'd just pull over on the services on the motorway. And, you know, I've, you're supposed to be in work or going into work, but I just felt like I needed, I needed 20 minutes, half an hour to collect myself before I could actually physically walk through the door and go into work because you worry about you, all the meetings in your normal day-to-day life that you can deal with. Everything becomes a worry, like seeing your boss, uh, your team meeting, interacting with players, uh, your coaching session, planning. Like it all becomes like a, you start to think about it like it's going to be an issue and something's going to go wrong. Um, and that was – and yeah, so the, those little anxieties turned into big ones by the end. And I think another th- point that you were alluding to is that uh, often if you're up in front of people, especially youngsters who are inevitably going to be looking up to you, taking you as a role model, if you are then displaying f- symptoms in inverted commas, which show that you are potentially weak, you can't be resilient, you may be, uh, you're not very good at persevering with difficulties, then that almost exacerbates the problem because you're trying to be something that you're not. Um, And I know that we are, as coaches, often said to be, give a little bit of ourselves to give to the players. But there is also a danger that uh, they see us as weak and then we lose that that implied authority. So that must add to the anxiety. Yeah, definitely, because you, you, and the way, and, uh, you know, I kind of set myself up to, not fail hard but to, to for this to be a struggle with me because my coaching and how I am as a person is very relationship based so it's very relational with how I deal with the players so I, I want to get to know them on a real on a really good level to build up a good friendship with them and then and vice versa to that I've got to let them into my life a little bit which means that opens myself up to not scrutiny I thought it was scrutiny at the time but they, they might look at me and think oh actually um, he's a bit um, like he's, he's, he might come across a little bit weak because he seems a bit down or he seems like he might seem a bit angry today or he might seem a bit edgy um, and that's what I worried about a lot um, but yeah that is that that plays into the anxiety definitely. So we're talking about you being in front of people and you've got to be a certain person in front of these people yet uh, you know yourself that you're struggling to be that person so you've talked about uh, talking, and obviously there's something that you didn't do, um, and plenty of others don't do. Um, so just taking yourselves another step back, in a sense, um, why is it? Why do you think that this, uh, the subject of mental health, has become something we are able to talk about more, and we are able to have this conversation? I doubt that I would. Personally, I doubt that I've ever thought of having this conversation a year or two years ago. Yeah, I, I mean, I, that's a very good question. It's a very good point. I mean, I I think nowadays that people say, you know, social media plays into this massively because obviously now everything's so accessible. Everyone has massive expectations. And then before you know it, you, you put all these huge expectations on yourself, which doesn't help. But on the flip side of social media, it's very good. It has been very, very good. And, and it's been very powerful in bringing people together over this matter of mental health. Because for me, when I the biggest the, one of the biggest um, the biggest things for me was when I see certain people in cert, like certain public figures in 
certain industries talk about their struggles. So for me, seeing someone like, you know, you've got Prince Harry, who's and and both Prince William have massively talked about their mental health struggles with dealing with the death of their mum and like being in the royal family. And and when people like that start to talk openly um, and you and you see sort of their emotion and how it's affected them, that plays a massive part. And it's the same like everyone probably watches SAS Who Dares Wins now. So, you know, one of the instructors, Foxy, on that has been huge on speaking up about his his troubles with PTSD from his time spent in the military. So when you see people like that who are, you know, you look at them and you think, oh, you know, big, powerful, very strong figures come across very macho men actually just talk about their their issues openly to millions of people. That's very powerful. And that 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 just plants a seed in your head that, well, maybe if they can do it, then so can so can the normal person. Well, first of all, it has been really important. And social media has also been great in reaching out with lots of different people saying, you know, listen, let's talk about this. So it has become more acceptable. Though sometimes I sense that people are less likely to talk because they feel uh, I'm not really in a very pressured job. I'm doing um, uh, everything I do is small b. I have a few people, but really my problems aren't as big as Prince Harry's or Prince William's or all these sorts of people. So there is a, almost a reverse danger that you see, you think, well, really, I should be able to deal with these because they're not they're not major problems. I'm just I'm just dealing with things which I've got to deal with rather than I'm not having to run a massive business or become a royal. So how does that sit with the way that we need to approach it? I think it's we I think it's the way that's a good point and I I believe that we need to kind of put into context like who we are as a person and what's important in our life so as much as you know you've got big public figures that you know they run businesses they're a royal they're CEOs of companies you know they're 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 massive public influences but I you know I speaking to someone about this they said if you strip that person completely back and you get rid of their MBEs and their medals or whatever it is they've done in their life, they are still a father. You know, they're still someone's son. They're still, you know, they are part of a family. Um, So you get rid of all that to one side and say you give them a a job as an accountant for something like that, and they still have the same struggles. That's still going to have the biggest impact on what's most important to them, which is their family, regardless of their stature or where they are in life it's still going to have an impact on their their partner their their parents their children if they've got them um and that's where that that's what i think we all need to do is just you know think what's important to us regardless of who we are or what we do for a job and it is usually our family and that's where that's why mental health is so devastating no matter who you are because you know you can be a multi-billionaire or you can be Joe blogs that works in Starbucks, but mental health will still affect you exactly the same way, regardless of how much money you've got sat in the bank account or how many medals you've got or anything really. That's that's what I I personally believe anyway. And that that uh, strikes so many chords on so many little stories that I've heard over my life, where things like you've, or you've just said make make more sense. I can remember my father saying to me that he sat next to um, a very famous government minister at a dinner and they were talking about things and he said, and the minister said to him, well, in the end, uh, really what makes me happy and sad is my children. And uh, then it could be as simple as that they ring up and say, oh, I've not had such a great day or 
my uh, my my kid's sick or something like that. And my father was, came away quite surprised. But then he thought, well, actually, that's what makes up his day is worrying yeah. about his children. And then I think, well, that's what makes up my day. And I, whether my sons are listening to this or not, they know that I spend most of my time worrying about whether they've done the things <laughs> that they should have done. And it could be as simple as um, writing a thank you card. I don't think that that's um, high up on this, but it is. You do you do invest in people, and that's 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 very important. And I think probably people listening and thinking, yeah, this these are the sorts of things I worry about, and they yeah, are yeah. big in my life. Uh, whether I'm looking after one person or, or thousands. So the next question is, um, and it's really going to be talking about your journey, I suppose, is how can we help ourselves? Um, I, the best way, I, and I've, I've learned the hard way from this, is I, I, so I, I didn't do anything that I've just spoken about. So I can, look, I can reflect on this and look at all the stuff that I didn't do and try and tell people, you know, what to try and do or or just think about different areas but I didn't do any of that so I you know I I didn't speak about it at the start I kept a lid on everything and became almost like a bit of a salesman where on the outside everything looks perfect and everything looks okay but actually on the inside you're 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 very 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 down and you are very stressed and you're all you're doing is putting on a face for everyone and that started to affect my uh, day-to-day work um, how I was coaching was was changing was completely different it was affecting my relationships with my players and my work colleagues um, and for me I mean this is all built up from um, having you know going through uh, a tough time so you know I, I split from my partner who I was married with um, so that played into it I had issues you know that that had stuff that had happened to me with uh, my dad being ill when I was younger to losing my best friend when I was you know in my late teens like little things like that that I'd never dealt with ever in my life losing grandparents all of that kind of stuff that all really built up um, and you know having a tough time at school and getting injured playing rugby and not being able to pursue rugby as like like playing it as opposed to coaching it that that just builds up over time and that all built up over you know sort of a a 10 year period basically where I didn't deal with anything until you know I was very lucky where I had you know I've, I've, from work from working with Lewis uh, Moody he kind of we we he said to me look can we have a meeting like I just want to chat and have a coffee with you so let's meet at a coffee shop and I just thought it was going to be a normal chat about looking to do some uh, development on the rugby program um, and he basically sat me down and was like what's it, what's wrong and I, my immediate reaction to him was, uh, "Oh, nothing's wrong, wrong." And he was like, "No, no, no, no. Honestly, something is, something is wrong with you." Um, and him and his, I, I don't know if it was because uh, his his wife Annie was there as well, and you know there was a bit of a there there, there was a having a like a a woman slash motherly figure there as well. Mm. I don't think she'll mind me saying that. But I I then in about thirty seconds went, "Well, you know what? Actually, there's loads of stuff that is wrong." Um, I'm dealing with a lot of stuff at the moment. And then, you know, in a sort of 45 minute, an hour, hour and a half conversation, I'd, I'd unloaded about, you know, five years worth of issues onto them um, and opened up about everything and didn't mean to, didn't intend to at all. Um, and it was very, very emotional. But I, you know, I, I didn't do any of that. I didn't, I didn't try and talk to anyone to start with. I just tried to deal with it 
like by myself like try to just take everything like on board because you get I think as a man as well you get quite and especially being you know growing up in the family that I did where you know it's very much like stiff upper lip like you, you just get on with it if you've got you know if you've got emotions or feelings you know you don't show it um you know having a 1950s dad that also you know was in the military as well as being in the fire service um you know talking about emotion wasn't a day-to-day thing that happened in our household um so that that you know from the offset I, I was always very struggled massively with talking about emotion because I just thought oh that's men don't do that because you know that's a you know that's a sort of women's thing so for them to talk about emotions you know blokes shouldn't do that when actually like we do need to um and yeah so it was really an unexpected intervention uh, by those two that really changed things and helped things and I don't think if that hadn't have happened I I don't know how long it would have taken me before I would have actually reached out to somebody it it took somebody to actually n- notice it in me and someone you know like him that is you know who, he is who he is um, but he was able to take me to one side and just say you know what's wrong and then for him to not judge me and you know i I don't think anyone else will probably have like an ex World Cup winner that'll pull him to one side and say that. But the fact that he didn't judge me and he was so they were so kind and so open and willing to help me, uh, you know, find professional help, uh, help me with anything possible really. Like it, for them not to judge me made a switch just went in my head. Um and that switch went and then I was able to speak to everyone about it and put something out there on social media and talk to my friends and my family. So in the end, for you, it actually took someone to notice, um, yeah. which which I suppose is, in a, in, in a sense, is fantastic that someone noticed and someone as uh, lovely and caring as Lewis to do that, and his wife as well, Annie. Um, so we're going we're gonna to talk about what others can do uh, in a moment, uh, but I want to know now, what happened next so you opened up to lewis and annie and you you it helped you get to the next stage so what was the next stage and what what then helped you deal with it and where did it the get next, you the next stage for me was um i i went and told my friends so i i messaged all my friends um and said to them like I'm, I'm in a couple of whatsapp groups so i first of all put a message out in what in and that even then took me you know it took me about an hour of writing out deleting writing out <laughs> deleting and then i and then i sent it with my eyes closed um and then just got flooded back with messages of um of just of of just absolute kindness and just a, a everyone wanted to support me and no one judged and that was a real powerful thing for me because I've never really opened up to any of my friends before about any struggles that I've had I've just tried to deal with it by myself um and yeah so I messaged them and had phone calls then with them and spoke about them and then I was able to have a sort of um just a moment of reflection to think I I felt a bit guilty and annoyed at myself that I hadn't done it earlier but I was then able to do the same with my family um, and you know, my sister, my sister struggled massively with her her mental health um, over the over the past few years. So it it was really nice of me to be able to go and speak to her about it and say to her, you know, I'm 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 going through it. I'm struggling massively at the moment as well. And she's been a massive support to me. Um, and you know that and that speaking to the, my family about it was was probably the toughest 
it was the toughest out of all of them because I didn't want them to think I was like the connotations around oh being judged and weak and actually they, they were very supportive and open open to me about that um and they've been very kind and they've helped me and 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 just being just just knowing that they know that I'm in the space that I was in um and then being a like an ear to to just listen out to my issues and how I'm feeling um and now it's great because my friends and my family they all message me still on a regular basis being like you know are you okay how are you feeling so to even if I am I have a moment where I'm down or I'm not feeling in a too good a place I always know that someone's going to ring me or someone's there to listen to so that was that that was it then I so I spoke to friends spoke to family um told them everything that I that I was feeling um, and then I, and then that's when I went, I decided that actually I'm going to, I'm going to put something out on social media and put a Twitter post out and just said, you know, it's been a tough old year and a half for me. Um, you know, this, this is how, I, this is what's happened. This is how I felt. This is, this is who's helped me. Um, and if anyone else is going for a similar thing, then, you know, please feel free to message me. And I, and I was inundated with messages from other rugby coaches and people that, follow me on social media who said you know a lot of people said oh I've gone through exactly the same and you know every day is a every day is a struggle and every day is you know a stepping stone but you'll you'll eventually get there and a lot of people said I'm going through exactly the same thing that you're going through and it was just surprising to me how like how many people actually came forward and said well actually I'm, I'm struggling on a few bits and pieces as well. So one of the things that was really helpful was uh, getting out and talking to people and people sharing that they're having their struggles as well. Is that the only thing that needs to be done or is there more that then then follows from that? Um, I think then there's you. I, I've, I've massively uh, benefited from speaking to. Uh, so I've, I've recently started speaking to a professional psychologist, which is which has massively helped me. Um, I would I would re- I would highly recommend anybody to go and to go and find someone. Um, and it might take you, you know, a few weeks or a few months to find the right person, because the majority of them, just so people know, will give you a half an hour free consultation to talk to. Mm-hmm. So like, don't think straight away that you are going to get charged through your nose. Um, a lot of them offer a free consultation to gauge if you're the right client for them and they're the right psychologist for you and luckily for me I found someone fairly quickly um, a guy called Phil and he's been a great help to me Um, but also um, I was like lucky enough again where um, Lewis was able to put me in touch with sort of a uh, he's not the guy's not a professional at all in psychology but he's just a um, He's just a man that has had a lot of life experience and he's been through a lot and he's been through probably what like more stuff than the majority of people have been through. And he is there as just to give advice and he was able to sit down with me and I was able to talk to him about, you know, everything from my childhood all the way up to now, like what's happened professionally, personally. And he's helped me sort of redefine my goals and where I want to be in my career um because obviously work as well as much as I love it was busy and was getting me down because you know trying to stretch yourself over three or four jobs in rugby is very very difficult um and yeah he helped me define sort of what my success and what my journey looks like for me so definitely seeking talk to your friends and family but I'd advise anyone to you know go go and find someone to talk to um that is either a professional or some sort of mentor or coach or something like that someone who can 
just be there to speak to. Um, that that would be my massive um, recommendation to anyone. And I think uh, we will put some links at the bottom of the podcast uh, so people can find some uh, places to go to. Um, yeah. And I'm sure uh, from what you're saying is that um, people are more than welcome to reach out to you um, for you to sort of guide them in, in those places. And I think that's that's important. Now, um, we're in a, you're in a much better place now. What, what do you think's changed for you? Um, the biggest things that have changed for me are I, you know, I had a, I took time to actually realise what makes me happy as a person. So I took a, a long time out and thought to myself, actually, what do I want in life? And what do I, what makes me happy on a day to day basis? Um, what's important to me? And do I understand? Uh, do I understand myself? And you can really only do that once you open up to people and people understand that you have had failures and you are a bit vulnerable because as soon as that kind of shield is taken away, um, you're able to be more open and honest with yourself about everything. And then you actually realise, looking back, the things that you did or the decisions that you made, you made them because you thought you were going to be happy about it. So like to give a few examples, like in work, work, you know, you, you want to do in rugby coaching, you want to do your level two, you get your level two and then you think, well, I want to do my level three. You get like your level three and then you're like, right, I want to do my level four. And you say work through those processes because you think, oh, that's you'll, you'll be happy once you do them. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's how I saw those processes as you think to yourself, oh, you'll get there and you'll be happy by the end of it. Or, or I, I want to get this job or I want to, I want to get this job title or get to this salary. And then you, you, you start, you start like joining the dots together of actually sort of the materialistic things in life. You, you, you think that's going to make you happy um when actually it's not um what will make you happy is is if you redefine it so it's more of a you know you think process-led is if you're going to get coaching is process-led as opposed to outcome-led and that's the same in I believe that is the same with your mental like well-being so don't think what the outcome is going to be for me it was it was thinking what the process is of um just day-to-day stuff and be happy with who you are as a person um that that's the best way I can explain it. I think it's a very complicated issue. Um, yeah. and complicated. You, do, you do you do need someone there to help guide you through it and um, make yeah, sense of it for you. You I mean it, you can't sit down there with a piece of paper and write it out and think, well, I've cracked it. No. And it is. I'm assuming it is an ever changing. Um, when I say target, target's the wrong word because we're talking about process, but it's an ever changing process, and yeah. you are probably every day just making small adjustments as you as you go along that's spot on Dan because I think if you put goals and stuff in place that are concrete and you're setting yourself up to fail if you never reach it because what we'll usually do is we'll set goals that you know we might have a long-term end goal which is you want to be a director of sport or you want to be a head coach of a premiership club and that's a really good long-term goal to have um but I genuinely think sometimes we set really concrete goals and we're too rigid when actually, as you say, you're spot on. We need to be flexible and adaptable and realise that actually your journey might change because with life and experiences, you change who you are as a person. And, you know, I might be a rugby coach now, but in 15 years time, I might decide that actually I want to change and go into medicine and become a doctor, which probably isn't going to happen. But you just don't know. You just got to be, you just got to be open to what life chucks at you. Yeah. 
and and yeah. particularly at the moment i think there's things are going to be uh, to a certain extent redefined uh, in, in the jobs world so as you're saying the outcomes are going to look different uh, we've just got to think more more carefully about the processes now obviously i've got no expertise uh, or very little expertise in this area so this has been a very powerful uh, conversation t- for me to be involved in uh, so I want to know how I can help others. So Lewis was obviously someone who, uh, Lewis and Annie were obviously uh, people who made a massive difference. How can we help others uh, if if only to start the process if we're not that, um, don't have that much expertise? I would say um, be, if you notice we can all, I think, notice if people are if people aren't having a very good day, or sometimes I think you just get a gut feeling with somebody, or if you're in a conversation with a friend or a family member, and just sometimes just be open, and you don't even have to say it there and then, but maybe message them afterwards and just say, you know, just send a text message or something, and just say, are you okay? Is everything all right? Do you need to speak about anything? Because they might, and what was in my case, a lot of people did that to me, and I didn't actually message them back, and it was only after I opened up to people that I then messaged them and connected with them, mm. whereas just and just just be a you know just be a set of ears to listen to just be someone who sometimes you know you might need someone might need a a shoulder to cry on but i think if Mm. those people out there know that you're um that you're going through those issues then i think it's a powerful thing you know i think family members can be hard and easy depending on your relationship but Mm. i think you know the majority of people out there have got um have got partners um and i definitely think if you have got a partner then open up to them about it and mm. um and you know or if you are a partner of somebody that and you think they are struggling then then just be open and talk to them about it um because i'm you know i'm in a bit a, bit, a, a way better headspace now and i'm a lot luckier where you know i've 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 sort of moved on and i've found someone um found someone who that i'm with now and i'm able to now open up about all of my issues and vice versa they're very good at also saying to me are you okay what's wrong you seem a bit down and they and they will make sure that you know i do speak about it and i am open and i am honest um so yeah how can you help others is if you think someone's having an issue you think someone's struggling just speak to them um and just ask them text them ring them um you know if you've got a really good in uh, we're very blessed in rugby coaching where i think we in your coaching teams you usually get on really well with each other um some don't but some do but i'm very lucky that we all get on very well so um you know even if you might not want to bring up that you notice someone else is struggling maybe say to someone oh i think he's struggling because i've done it recently with someone i work with who i've said to someone else because i didn't want to bring it up because i didn't feel like it was it was sort of my place i've just said look i think he's going for a bit of a tough patch do you mind kind of speaking to him and then they've had the conversation and he feels better um so yeah i'd say just 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 be just be willing yeah just be nice to people uh uh just make sure that you just make sure you're there to speak to um that's that's the big one for me and in in addition to that um one of the things that's come across is uh, that you've been speaking to people who've been through these things themselves and um, I sense a bit of empathy is important and people are more likely to open up to people who've, who are say, look, I, I've, I've been through something like this. It may not be the same as you. Uh, so, you know, 
speak to me. I'm not going to judge you. I might be able to give you some advice. I might be able to point you in the right direction. Uh, and I might not, I might not say anything at the end of it. I might just be there yeah. so you can share it. So that, that, that in a sense is uh, as important to, I mean, absolutely nobody can say, and this is something which has come across to me that they haven't struggled at some time. And maybe, yeah. maybe we should all be speaking to somebody now and just saying look oh, these are the things i'm worried about these are the things i'm anxious about i completely agree and because i um i was I've spoke so many people have reached out to me and I, I spoke to a i won't name the i won't name the bank or who he is but a guy who's a he's a managing director of uh one of the top banks in uh the uk and i had through uh, he reached out to me on twitter of all things and said to me like i've just seen your post and i just want to say that you know i've been through i've been through something similar and the main uh, the main sort of area he said he, he put this into really good context for me and he said that you know all what affects our mental health is trauma and he said trauma comes in many different forms and he said effectively trauma is anything that stops you functioning on a normal level so that could be people have trauma where a family member might die but then someone might lose their job a marriage might break down they might lose their house, they might have to take a pay cut, or they might just get ill or injured, as in they might be off work because they've, they've broken a leg or anything. Like trauma is anything out there, and that's what affects our mental health. And it's different for the one thing I've learned is it is different for every person. But the same common themes are it always affects the people that are closest to you. Um, and they're the ones that are important. So even if you've lost your job or your mum's died or you, you've lost a family member, you know, you're still it's still going to affect you. Um, and it affects people completely differently. It has different effects. Um, and yeah, that, that that's that's what I'd that's what I probably I'd probably say. And again, we're going to go back to something pretty much from the start, where is uh, where you've said that men in general don't want to reach out it's it's a sign of uh, a perceived sign of weakness and really it's probably a sign of strength i mean there there is that sense that some people say well just a moment i don't want to be a burden on other people and we also know that there are some people certainly in our coaching lives and our teaching lives who just seek attention all the time so we have to sort of um, have some sort of filter on this so there's two questions in that. First of all, well, two points, really. First of all is uh, don't be afraid to we reach out. But the second thing is there must be other people out there who are reaching out all the time and they probably are very needy in a, in a different way. How do we how do we potentially deal with those sorts of people? Um, that's a good question. I, I, I think it, if it's getting an understanding of why those people are reaching out to you, um, and sort of are they reaching out to you because they've got mental health issues because they've had some form of trauma big or small in their life um, or as you say are they reaching out because I don't know really for whatever reason they as you say they might be needy or something like that that's a hard one to distinguish um, it, that's really really hard um, and I'm yet to come across that with anyone um, but I know it does happen out there um, so I, I don't really know what best would be to deal with those sorts of situations. Well, in a sense, then that the, the answer to the question is that uh, if you even if you find that the person is potentially annoying because they're always 
seem to be asking and reaching out they probably are for a very genuine reason they haven't worked out themselves why they're doing it and what needs to happen so we can't yeah. we can't switch off to anybody uh but it is key that we are able to if we can't do it ourselves and i think the other thing is that we we must be very careful to think that we aren't we're, we're certainly not professionals in what we do we are just one part of a massive process to help everybody and they should be seeking professional help and when you seek professional help that you shouldn't sort of think about the cost or think about uh, or i'm going to be consigned to the to a certain place in my life which i don't really want to be consigned to it is it's just as much as you go and see a doctor to uh, mend a broken leg or exactly uh, that's that's that, that's a good point that is a very good point and someone said that to me before and said you know if you break your leg you're going to hospital there's no questions about it and it's the same with your mental health if you have something trauma that affects your mind go, you need to go and see someone about it and i think the more the 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 quicker we we all re- understand that you know having a physical injury is just as bad and having a, like or if you know i'll rephrase that having a physical in like having a having a mental injury a trauma in your life is just as bad as breaking a leg or just as bad as getting cancer and with those things on the left that i've just said you will go in, you will go to the gp you'll go to the doctors you'll go to hospital but because it's our mind we we automatically think oh no it's fine it'll be okay and actually it you know go to hospital with a broken leg they'll put pins in it they'll put a cast on it and you'll be you'll, you'll be ready to go in six to 12 months time and that's the process done but you know with your mind if you don't get some if you don't seek help if you don't speak to someone you know that's gonna the longer it goes on the harder it's gonna be to unravel it and that's where you'd you'd, you'd go into sort of the the ptsd side of things which is a whole another subject but mm. that's yeah i just think we need we need to treat mental health like we treat physical injuries as in how soon we seek to get help well i'm sure that there'll be people listening in who are thinking right uh this is this is the point which i've actually got to start to do something about it and for me what you've done is you've given me confidence to talk about it and also to help others uh talk about it uh, so i mean it, these aren't straightforward things to talk about you just don't just stand up there and say oh i'm going to talk about this this is uh this is brave, but brave isn't necessarily the right word because it's not being brave. It's all part of that process, but it's very, very important. So, Andy, I'm absolutely delighted that you've you've been able to come on and really it's, help, it's helping me, and I'm sure uh, by that that's going to help others. So what we're going to do is uh, at the at the bottom of the podcast we'll put some key links in for people to uh, to find where to go next. Um, but if they want to reach out to you, what's the best way? Um, so people can so on people can reach out out to me on Twitter, and it's just at uh, Andrew Brownhill. Um, we, we can put the, the the link on there as far it's fine, and also my email address I'll put out there as well. But my email address is andrewbrownhill91 at gmail.com. And if anyone have has got any issues or just wants to speak to someone to get some help or just to, to open up to, then you know I'm all I'm completely all ears. Um, but just yeah, my biggest advice to people is just remember, you know, it's your life and you want to live the best life possible. 
and a good little a good little quote to finish on was someone sent this my way by by Nelson Mandela um and and, and he kind of sums up you know what life is and what we're capable of you know if we're able to deal with our failures and he kind of says you know there is no passion to be found playing small in settling for a life that is less than the one you are capable of living and that really resonated with me because you know we're all capable of living in an unbelievable life um, with a family and all that kind of stuff it's just realizing that you know we are stuff is going to get chucked our way um and it's okay not to be okay and to you know to to reach out yeah and uh, the other thing is that uh there was nelson mandela inspiring us and obviously he went on and uh, created some amazing things and changed lives it's um but everybody is in just as much a human being as he was um yeah and that's something again that you've been very clear in that that uh, we've all got our small things which seem small but actually very large and we need to deal with this Andy thank you very much for coming on um, very moving for me and very personal and very very important um, so for anyone who's been listening in uh, you can read more about this podcast in particular on rugbycoachweekly.net just click on the podcast button and you'll find all the links so thank you very much for listening thank you andy once again thank you very much dan thank you for having me on yeah and uh, we look forward to um uh, talking about rugby um in a future podcast very when soon <laughs> <laughs> yeah when it starts back thanks yeah. very much everybody